Welcome to Growth Amplifiers. I am Kenny Harper. Growth Amplifiers showcases ideas from the top business owners and entrepreneurs to inspire and empower you to thrive in your life, business, and achieve a higher purpose. I'll be sharing actionable insights you can apply towards your business in each session. Growth Amplifiers is dedicated to you, your success, and fulfillment. Get ready to amplify. Hey there, Amplifiers. Kenny Harper here, and we've got a real awesome guest today. Because for a while, we've been talking about how important it is not only to have the right tools and resources and knowledge, but you've got to be able to execute that. And our guest today is really going to be kind of sharing his formula, his framework that really helps with execution. And he's worked with some amazing people. Let me tell you about Sean Ryan. Sean Ryan is a world-renowned business consultant, speaker, trainer, and executive coach, and is the founder of Whitewater International Consulting. He has worked internationally with companies including Disney, Nucor, Steel, FedEx, Nestle Waters, and New America Perrier Group. With more than two decades of industry experience, uh, Sean is highly regarded for his ability to guide organizations through complex transformational change in whatever he describes as a world of perpetual white water. So obviously, it's about getting clarity and direction. He's the author of Getting Gear, The Seven Gears That Drive Strategy to Results. And I'd like to welcome to Growth Amplifiers, Sean Ryan. Kenny, thanks for having me today. Looking forward to having the conversation. Thanks for being here. You know, thunder is rolling right now. You may hear some thunder in the background. I'm here in Jacksonville, Florida. We got a good thunderstorm coming on, but this is exploding. He's just bringing the energy into this podcast because at the end of the day, you can have the right tools, but if you can't get it into execution, it's not going to get the results you want. So Sean, thanks for joining. And let's start off by just kind of sharing a little bit about your journey of how you got to be the awesome superpower that you are. <laughs> uh, yeah, better, maybe better lucky than good, Kenny. Uh, hopefully what we do today is uh, we, we do bring some thunder to uh, everybody's organization as we go through this whole kind of tag into the theme there. Uh, frankly, I, I started out, well, I started in the, in the professional work world a little bit over uh, 30 some odd years ago now, almost 40 years ago. And uh, started in a relatively large organization in California that, that gave me lots of great opportunities. I had a great opportunity to learn. But one of the things I picked up on was is in this large um, bureaucratic organization, there people wanted to contribute more. They wanted to contribute their best. The organization needed them uh, to contribute their best. And yet there was always this gap uh, between you know, what people were doing and what was the best possible bureaucracy got in the way, communication got in the way. And, and I just had this thought, you know, 30 some odd years ago, that there's just a better way to create organizations where people can contribute their best every day. And uh, so then I, I started on this mission, uh, if you will, what I call the Don Quixote mission out running around tipping over uh, windmills, uh, you know, 30 plus years ago, and have really been kind of on that journey since then. I, I love it. And I like, really love that you said, you know, you're on a mission. It's, it's not a job to you. You're serving a passion and you're really helping a lot of people. And that's an important thing to, to really plant that flag and have that battle, um, that you're getting up every day to move forward and ignite. Now, when it comes to your recent book, which by the way, this is a great book. I've picked up, you can see I've got, you know, a nice little library of books back here and there's more down below. Um, 
but not all books are made the same. And what I really like about this book is it's informative and there's a, there's a process to it, right? There's a methodology. So you, it's not just about stories and you're entertained, but you can actually leave and say, Hey, I can start putting new ideas into action. And so if you could, if we could dive into really kind of the framework, the concept of, of getting in gear and really helping people kind of move their ideas into action, that would be great. That's, that's awesome. And I'll, I'll try to do it relatively quickly on kind of give you the overview and then we can figure out where you want to dive in deeper. Sounds good. Yeah. The uh, premise behind the book is that most organizations, and, and you kind of hit it at the top, Kenny, most organizations fall far short of really, even, even with the best of intent, the best of strategies, they, they fall way short of converting that strategy to real results, the results that they expect. I mean, the research is something like 90, 75 to 90% of organizations fall short mm -hmm. of achieving what they want to accomplish through their strategies. And in a lot of cases, they're leaving as much as 50% of the results on the table. So that, that strategy to results gap is, is massive. But what it means in a lot of cases is good organizations fail because they're not doing a great job of, of executing. So the, the premise behind the book is, and we spent 30 plus years looking at organizations and, and you know, working on various projects that, that when we kind of dialed back away from it, we realized that all these projects, all these things we've been working on over the years were the things that actually closed that gap. Hmm. Uh, so in the, in the book, we talk about the seven gears that drive strategy to results. And uh, yeah. <laughs> And there's seven of them and, and they're, and they're all, it's like John Crux said, it's not in an interview, the baseball player said in an interview 10 or 15 years ago, it's not rocket surgery. You know, any one of the gears you look at and you go, well, that, that's not, that doesn't make my head explode. I get that. But then when you kind of combine them all together, magic begins to happen. So if, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll kind of do a quick overview of each of the seven and then if you want to dive in a little bit, we can do that. Yes. And I just want to people, you just mentioned something that I've been kind of preaching for a while and I'll double down on, on that thought. Sometimes it's, we're looking for some like silver bullet miracle wonder drug. That's just going to solve all the problems. But typically the most effective things are the simple things in an organized fashion. And if you can get mastery with those, that's really where the foundation lies. Uh, and so as you're thinking about these things, it doesn't matter if you know them or even if you're doing them, it matters if you're getting the result. If you're not getting the result, you've got a gap. So think about that as we walk through these seven steps and how they apply in your business. Kenny, and, and by the way, that's spot on. There, there is not, uh, in spite of the fact that I did some work with Disney uh, early in my career, my consulting career, there is no pixie dust. There is a, there is a Disney world. Uh, in the real world, there's not pixie dust. There's just fundamental blocking and tackling and getting a little bit better every day. So let, let's talk about, it. but then magic does happen when, when you begin to work on these things over a period of time. So the, the, the seven gears that we describe in the book starts with uh, right, right, right. The, the right people in the right roles with the right capabilities, right? So, right. you know, and, but there is magic in how do we identify who are the right people for our organization? How do we, how do we engage them? How do we create an environment where everybody feels like they belong and we can tap into the, the diverse nature of the people that we bring into our organizations? 
the, the second gear is what we call aligning the architecture. Uh, so the idea of getting the system structures, processes, and culture all aligned to the strategy. So what do I mean by system structures, process, culture? Uh, a common system is how we compensate people. What do we pay people for? Do we pay people for things that contribute to the results that we want? Or do we somehow pay people for things that really don't matter or aren't as completely connected, aligned to the strategy they might be? Uh, how do we structure people? How do we structure the, how do we build the processes? And do we make the processes, again, as aligned to the strategy as it possibly can be? And then our culture, uh, does it align the kind of the normative behavior? Uh, it, you know, we, we may talk about uh, honesty and integrity and respect, but as our, as our value set, but is the culture of our organization really that? Is it as respectful as it could be? Is it as open and as diverse as it could be to where we can tap in to what people bring to the table? You know, it's funny. I guess when I was a teenager through my 20s, maybe even something my 30s, I'd read values, you know, vision values on, on a website and it would be completely like, why is this here? And what is the purpose of this? And usually there is that disconnect because the organization didn't build that in the culture. So it's, I think that's really important that you can't just have the list and be like, all right, check lock, check mark, we're good to go. Right. You've got to actually implement it and make sure it's, it's being followed. Right. Absolutely. Because look, if you just think about really big companies, um, I, I would guarantee you that the, the financial report, the annual report of every large corporation in the United States talks about people being our most important asset. Right. But then you go inside a lot of those organizations like, no, <laughs> you actually treat people like factors of production on a good day, you know? Yeah. Number six, <laughs> number six, seven, two, four, get back to work. We're trying right. to have a yeah. really lovely family. <laughs> Absolutely. So the, the third gear then is the idea of creating a culture of communication. So being able to communicate up, down, sideways, diagonally, uh, the idea that we're all connected to each other. Uh, and then, then at a much more, you know, tangible level, uh, how leaders and people connect with each other. Uh, do we, goes back to the culture thing a little bit. Do we start with a foundation of trust to where we can have truly open and honest communication? Uh, do people take on the tough conversations that they need to have with each other so that we can get better every day, both individually and collectively? You know, that's, that's an important part too. If you're not communicating, sometimes I, I, as a you know, marketing advisor, uh, growth coach that works with different businesses, I'll hear this this is the problem I'm having and this is the challenge. And a lot of times have you told these people? No, but they're just, they're just not doing what I'm wanting them to do. Do they know? <laughs> uh, so communication goes a long way. I, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Thank yeah, you. And, and, you know, interesting to that point is even the times where we'll talk to leaders and they'll say, yeah, I told them, well, how many times did you tell them? I told them once, you know, <laughs> One of my favorite subsections in the whole book, uh, I wrote it like two o'clock in the morning on an airplane when we could actually get on airplanes a few years yeah. ago, um, it is one of, but one of the great sub, one of, one of my favorite subsections is, is really it's the subsection is titled communicate, 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 communicate just on that premise that even once is not enough. 
you know, you just tell somebody one time and you expect it's all going to magically happen. It doesn't all magically happen. It takes much more hard work than that. Mm. It, it's, it is a discipline. <laughs> okay. Uh, so then the, then the other four gears, we, uh, we call the performance gears. And, and they're the ones that really align the performance of individuals and teams in an organization to the strategy. So the, the four performance gears uh, start with set, uh, S-E-T, start end timeframe, result-oriented goals. So everybody's got goals that tie back to the actual strategy. You know, w- when we go into organizations, a lot of times, A, people don't have goals at all. What are you trying to accomplish? I don't know. Never really talked about it. I just come to work every day, you know, or if they think they have goals, a lot of the times those goals are written in terms of uh, activities. Make so many phone calls today. Um, Take so many phone calls today. Make so many sales calls. Uh, They're not really uh, defined in terms of the result we're trying to achieve, which is, you know, grow our sales in the Jacksonville area from 50,000 units to 75,000 units in 2021. And, and so you, you see this mindless activity trap people get into because either they don't have goals at all, we're just doing stuff, or their goals are driven by activities. They feel like they're, so we're busy all the time, but not actually accomplishing anything. So set result-oriented goals. So Sean, that's, that's no fair. So you want people to actually get a result from the activities that they're doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and really, it's shocking to me the number of times when I ask people what results they're trying to achieve that they can't really describe that. You know, and uh, so that's that's one of the huge gaps when we think about well, we play this game. And uh, one of the things I would encourage everybody to do is we we play this game with with leaders and performers on their teams. Mm -hmm. We ask the leaders to write down top five goals for each of their team members. And then we ask the performers the frontline team members to write down what they think their top five goals are. So theoretically, we got these two lists of five that should match perfectly, right? Oh, man. <laughs> that's, <laughs> and, that's an awkward moment getting ready to happen, but a, a breakthrough yeah. moment too. Yeah, yeah you, can, you can always feel the awkwardness, the discomfort that people have and the paper starts to rustle and, and then we pick the things up. And if, if, we, if we give really liberal credit, for semantics and language, what we find is on average, drum roll, about <laughs> two out of five, you know, actually match. So <laughs> under the, the best of circumstances, what that means is people are working on the stuff that their bosses think are important. And we haven't even talked about how well linked they are to the strategy yet. They're just <laughs> working on the stuff that they think their bosses think is important about 40% of the time which means 60% of the time it's a total crapshoot in terms of what people are spending their time on and how connected it is to what the business needs them to be focused on. Mm-hmm. All right. So then uh, the next gear is build visible scorecards. Uh, and, and here's the point is when we ask people how they're performing, the most common answer we get is I don't know I must be doing okay because I'm not getting in any trouble. Right. Um, I don't know. It, if It's hard to improve if you're not even knowing where you're at, right? Absolutely. And, and the other thing we know is when people have got a scorecard that ties back to those goals, it ties to the strategy, keeping everything linked and aligned, is 
you perform better, more aggressively when you put the right items in the scorecard. And, and think about this. You're driving down the street and you stop at a stop light and you look over to the right and there are kids playing basketball or adults playing basketball on two courts side by side. On one court, they're keeping score. On the other court, they're not keeping score. How quickly would you be able to figure out with nobody telling you which court they're keeping score on and which one they aren't. Yeah. That's a pretty good analogy right there. <laughs> you, right. You'd be like, all right, there, there's some competition going on. People are pushing. Yeah. Now pushing. everybody on both courts, may be having fun, but on the one court where they're keeping score, people play with more intensity. They give each other more feedback. Uh, they communicate more effectively. There are all kinds of things that happen when we put the scoreboard in front of people. And, and we see that in organizations all the time. When people have the right scorecards, they perform to those scorecards. If you don't have a scorecard, hmm, nothing really matters. Right. Just to double down on that, we just got done watching the Super Bowl. And there is something magical that happens when people have a goal and the time is running out and they clearly know that there's a lot on the line to get it done. Right. That's when magic happens. People find a way to make things work and get moving forward when those components are there if they weren't keeping score they're like we'll figure it out after the game <laughs> and frankly if they weren't keeping score in the super bowl how many of us would even watch right, right. <laughs> it's like pause the commercials are off <laughs> like, <Yeah>. mute it <laughs> exactly so the so the next gear uh, gear number six, I guess, if we were going to number them that way, is what we call identifying the critical performance drivers. So people have goals, they have scorecards, the performance drivers are the critical tasks, activities, behaviors that I need to undertake to move the needles on the scorecard and hit my goals. And you know, why is that critical? Now, there, there has to be some activity, we have to do stuff, but we want people to do the right stuff. Mm. And, and what we know is in most occupations in most job roles, there are two or three things that the best performers do that are different than what the, the average or even good performers do. And, and if we can help people now, you do a lot of the same things, but then the best performers do some things a little bit better or differently. So if we can figure out what those best things are, and then share that with everybody else, then everybody else gets better and they lift their game. Uh, and it also, man, we're in, in the work world, we're all attacked every day with thousands upon thousands of stimuli, things grabbing for our attention. <laughs> exactly. If we, if we know what the right performance drivers are, then we can get our behavior back to what do I need to focus on? What do I need to do to actually hit my goals? That's a lot easier said than done, but that's where a guide can come in and kind of help give clarity and perspective because you can't see the frame. If you're in the picture, everyone has a blind side. Right. And so just by being able to kind of shine some light in the dark area, you could say, wow. Um, I didn't realize that, you know, this, this, these actions that are taken over here weren't really adding to the goal. Right. And if you know that you could say, all right, I'm going to stop doing that. And then, Hey, Johnny or Sally, you've been getting a really good, good result. What are you doing? Right. That is helping get that result. And then that minor little tweak, big difference. Love it. Ab Love it. Absolutely. I mean, you think about that, that's really going back to the talking about 
the sports, you know, in the Super Bowl, you know, what do coaches do? What do the most effective football coaches or baseball managers or basketball coaches do? Even even if you're I'm the, the leader of an orchestra, what am I doing is I'm making sure that people are getting feedback about the right things to do and the best things to do to be the best defensive back or the best quarterback, you know, or the best salesperson customer or customer service rep in my organization. I love it. All right. So then I think that leads us to the last gear, gear number seven. Yep. Uh, we, we like to think gear number seven, it's the glue that holds everything together. Uh, we call it follow-up, follow-through. And there, there are two critical components of effective follow-up, follow-through. The, the first is to generate, and, and to me, in many ways, the most critical is generate learning. I mean, in this, you opened with our, our organization is helping other organizations, you know, survive, thrive in a world of perpetual whitewater. Even, even with the best goals and the best scorecards and, and the best people and the aligned, you know, architecture, man, things don't go perfectly. Things change. The, the circumstances, the competitive environment that we're dealing with changes on a regular basis. Um, different people in different roles on a regular basis, and we got to help everybody succeed. And so the first part of follow-up, follow-through is to make sure that we're learning. When we aren't hitting the goals and we aren't succeeding the way we want to, why not? And, and how do we learn as an organization? What do we need to change about those other six gears to get better alignment? And then the second part, just as critical, though, of follow up, follow through is we have to create accountability. And, and rather than holding people accountable, we like to create environments where people are accountable, mm -hmm. that they accept the ownership for what they're responsible for. But ultimately, people have to be accountable for hitting the targets and moving the needles in the directions we want to move to. So that's why follow up, follow through is kind of that that glue that holds everything together. When you attach accountability, then people tend to perform better. I think that's that's you know really the the glue right you said you get everything together and i think that's something worth doubling down on because what i'm seeing is as mentioned it before that a lot of times businesses they'll kind of oh, yeah, i already know this i already kind of know this some of this information i've already had some of these resources but again it doesn't matter what you know it matters if you're getting the result you're wanting right um, if they don't have that they have a gap and a right. lot of times it's the it's the glue they're missing the glue right you got all the pieces you have, you have these pieces, but if, if they're not working together as a unit, then it's like having a bunch of engine pieces. It doesn't matter. <laughs> right. So when, when a business is, is kind of experiencing that they're, they kind of have maybe the, the knowledge of the things that they should be doing and maybe they, they have a plan, but they're still just kind of like having trouble and their wheels are spinning what's what's some ways that they could tap into that glue to really get a better uh, accountability working with the people they have keeping the follow through yeah what are some, what are some things well, that you've seen that have worked yeah one one of the things that we talk about in the book we call it the five by five conversation uh and it's actually in the follow-up follow-through chapter um and and we we built this over time and, and there's some magic in this, you know, five by five. And why do we call it five by five? It's five minutes, five questions. And look, a, a business leader can apply it, whether they're thinking about how do I help a person improve, a team improve, uh, or my organization improve. So, so the five questions, it, it starts with, you know, what are our goals? 
And, and that question, you know, so if I'm talking to an individual or a team, do they know what their goals are and do they know how those goals align to the strategy of the organization? So I can expand that out and think about broadly, what are the goals and how do they cascade down in my organization? And are they really connected to the strategy that I need them to? So whether we're talking at the individual level, the team level or the organization level, what are my goals? Mm. The second question is, what's our performance been for the last week, last month, last quarter? And, you know, with different follow-up, follow-through cycles for different goals, depending upon the situation. And, and so some you might follow up on with a, a team member or a team, a department, weekly, sometimes it's monthly, sometimes it's quarterly. But regardless, what's our performance been for the last week, month, quarter? Do, are we all looking at the same kind of performance? Do we all see it the same way? Right. Mm -hmm. Because one of the things that I have to do as a leader is make sure that we're all aware of what the gaps are. Right. And then engage everybody, you know, energize everybody to help close that gap. So first question, what are the goals? Second is what's our performance been for the last week, month, quarter, whatever the time frame is. Third question is what have we done? Which gets to the performance driver issue. Are we working on the right stuff? What have we done over the last week or month or quarter to hit the goals? So are people working on the right stuff or is this individual that I'm having this conversation with working on the right stuff? The next question is what's the causation of any gaps? So then that gets kind of that, that macro issue, Kenny, of where along the seven gears might there be a problem, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, and if it's not in any of the seven gears, then you have to start thinking, maybe I don't even have the right strategy. If we're doing all the right stuff and we're still not successful, maybe we're just getting out competed and we ought to have a different strategy. But that, frankly, that's, that's relatively rare. Most of the time, organizations have pretty good strategy. They just don't execute worth the damn, right? <laughs> right. And, you know, and 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 the last question is okay. So having thought about you know aligned the goals, aligned the scorecard, aligned what we're working on, identified the gaps. What's our plan? What's our game plan for the next week or month or quarter to get back on track to where we've said that we want to get to? What do we have to do to close that gap? So that those those five questions. Are, can be magical both at the individual level and all the way to the organizational level to think, why, why are we not accomplishing what we think we want to accomplish? And like you said before, it's the repetition. So yeah. I've talked to people before, you know, they, oh yeah, the questions, questions. And then after a while, it starts getting planted in, in the mind and the mind starts taking new actions that starts building new habits. Yes. And, and it's quicker to get back on track when it's lost. It's quicker right. to identify when things are not on target. Uh, Absolutely. You get everybody kind of into that mindset. And we all start thinking about, constantly thinking about what are my goals, right? If that's just going to, if we're going to talk about it every week, then at some point in time, I better figure out what, what, the, what the hell my goals are, you know? <laughs> so, Sean, people have been eyeballing this, this book in the background for the last little bit. And they're like, hmm, that looks really cool. And I'm hearing all these things. And maybe I took some notes. But man, it sounds like there's a lot more information in this book than we chatted about here. And there is. Uh, so if, if people want to learn more about you or your business or your book, where could they go and what could they do? Uh, the best way to do that is uh, go to our website, which is www.ici.com. Again, it's www.ici.com. And uh, you'll learn more than you want to know about me, our team, <laughs> all about, and, and obviously the book. Awesome. So I highly suggest doing that. Uh, it is a great read. It's easy to follow practical information. And I love that um, there's some books that they're wonderful, but they, they get a little bit too crazy with data and analytics. And that's, I like books that are practical, easy to follow and 
and, and take action on. So thank you for um, your thought leadership and in contributing to growth amplifiers. Kenny, it's my pleasure. And we, we, there are a lot of complex things in the business world. We're all dealing with complexity. Uh, we, we try to help people take that complexity out and hopefully we've done a little bit of that in uh, getting gear and everybody will enjoy it. Awesome. Um, before we part, I uh, wouldn't mind just sharing, you shared a lot of information and I appreciate that, but just one more tip that you could think about that might help others who are on their journey and looking to amplify something that you've learned on your journey that would be helpful. Uh, I, I often say this, it sounds very trite and trivial at the beginning. It's a lot deeper than that. Uh, what I've learned is keep smiling. Uh, it is, we, we do live in a world of perpetual whitewater. There are challenges every day uh, that we didn't anticipate the day before. And so, yeah, keep smiling, uh, stay focused on the journey where you're trying to get to and be nimble in the process by which you get there. Super cool. Well, thanks again for uh, joining us on Growth Amplifiers. I appreciate you and look forward to connecting again in the future. Kenny, thanks so much. Much appreciate you having me on. To show your support, take a moment to amplify this message by sharing it online. To connect with me or gain more business growth insights, visit www.growthamplifiers.com. Thank you for your support.